This that lunchroom chatter podcast, you know? Well, you sit up and think about fucking your girl's best friend, but you can't because your girl's a fighter and she'll fuck you up. This that lunchroom chatter podcast where you lay up and think about being a porn star, but you can't because you come too quick, so you got to eat the pussy for 95 minutes. Mmm, that kind of shit. This that lunchroom chatter podcast where you in bed at night thinking about beating your meat, but you can't because you live with your mama. And she busts in the room and say, bitch, get the fuck up. Mama, why you ain't knock on the door first? This that kind of shit. Where you can be yourself, where you can relax, where you could put yourself into the mind of another nigga. So stay tuned. Let's get this shit popping. Lunchroom chatter podcast, baby. Yo, 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 man. You know what's your man, John A. Schultz, man. Look, this is episode number 50, episode five zero. So before, like before I even start, I just wanted to thank you guys, man. Like when I started this podcast off last summer, like I had no idea I would even make it to episode 10. So the fact that I am on episode 50, episode five zero, I've sat down 50 times to do this shit, man. And, you know, outside of wanting to bring entertainment and some good and some good vibes, you guys way like this podcast has been such a great outlet for me. It has helped my mind and it has definitely helped me cope with a lot of things because this week is tough. Like I've been feeling down probably about the last two months, you know, when again, when I spoke to you guys before about losing a family member that was close, like family situations personally, like I said, I haven't spoken to my mom in over a year. Like just, I don't know, just like things are going great job wise and the podcast is doing great. But it's like it's certain things personally to where I kind of just check out sometimes. And like sometimes I wake up and I feel great. I feel like I'm in a good mood. And then other days I wake up and I just I just feel eh, I just feel blah. Now, you know how like we all have that strong friend that we can go to. Like, you know how, for example, like if you're having a bad day or if you. You know, something happens and you want to go speak to somebody like we all have that strong friend we can go to. But on the flip side, those strong friends, where can they go? Because most of the time they are so preoccupied with, you know, giving advice or talking someone else through issues they may have going on in their life. But then when they have issues, like, where do they go? Especially black men, like, where like where can a black man go? Because, like I've said before, we have this stigma and this stereotype in our community where, especially now, more than ever on social media, where if you're a man, and again, I'm speaking for black men. I know some of y'all who listen to this podcast, y'all not black, but I'm black, so I'm speaking for myself and what I've seen in my community. Like, where do black men go? Because if we go to our, if we go to and try to speak to our male friends, we get laughed at, told to suck it up. Ah, that's that, that's that bitch shit. Like, we hear that. And then if we go to females to speak about it, not all, but most of the time, like, we are talked down upon, or, oh, you got to suck that shit up, you know. It's just like, so where can we go? Like, where exactly is our outlet? Now, 
I know someone in Georgia, and I'm not going to say her name, but she knows who she is. Um, she lives in Savannah, and she told me a couple years back, you know, when I was open about my depression on Instagram, and she told me a couple years back that she related to it, and I asked her why, and she said because I had a brother who committed suicide. And, like, that goes into my point. Like, as a black man, if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling down. Now, I'm not saying I'm suicidal. I'm not at all. But I like looking at the bigger picture. Because, like I said, I always wonder, like, where can we go? Because, of course, we can go see a therapist. We can go, you know, see someone outside. But no matter if you if you lost your job, if you having issues with kids, like, just anything in general, school. Like it just feels good to have someone who you know, who you can openly talk to, you know, who actually understands what it is that you may have gone through or what you may be going through right now. But um, like I said, I'm sorry that um this episode is late, but you know, I just I've been exhausted, man. But I got a lot of shit to get to this week, man. This is episode 50, Summer Walker. Summer Walker has announced she is single again. Look, bitch, how many times you gonna say you single? Every time you say you single, you back in this nigga London's arms within three seconds. Now, former NBA player Zach Randolph, his estranged wife filed for divorce weeks after he tweeted, I married a hoe. Also, Lisa Ray is 53 years old and she has decided to start her OnlyFans. Now, I know some of you guys may expect me to get ready to bash Lisa Ray, but I'm not. Lisa Ray is 53, but she is still fine. Lisa Ray is fine, man. And again, you know, with the whole COVID epidemic or pan- pandemic, whatever the end endemic is, I'm not going to knock someone for starting something. She ain't killing nobody. So I got some shit we gonna get to this week, but um, I got more than that on, on this docket. It's episode fifty. I I want to talk my shit this week, but um, I want to play a song now. Again, like every time I, you know, my mind goes to places or I just feel down, I always go to a project by my guy Busy Crook. Now, this project helped me cope, like the lyrics, just everything about the project. It just resonated with me so well years ago when I heard it. So I'm going to play a song off of this project. It's my guy, Busy Crook. Both. I 
used it for pain for the murder I wrote. Cause your love was perfect. I couldn't write any songs about it. I swear depression changed my life and I'd be lost without it. I treat rapping like telling tales in the dark. And if I find a light, then I'll be the end of my art. Cause my best material came from feeling inferior. Your little brother going through chemo should have been there with ya. Instead, I'm out in California three hours younger. The floor covered in swisher rappers and empty rubbers. Skipping lunches, late suppers, recording demos. In a one bedroom apartment off Occidental. How selfish of me. I'm helpless, honey. Selling a piece of my mind for extra money. Loving somebody ain't never felt this funny. I'm so ashamed. I can't explain. My creativity sucks. I can't write without pain. Should I jump? Should I stay? I think it's better that way anyway. I think about it change the day. It's been a minute since I, I've been feeling, I've been feeling kind of wrong. For real. It's real. Yo. It's better that way. Yo. Maybe it's part of my karma. Maybe I shouldn't call her. Maybe it's not my fault. Cause I'm the son of my father. We're good at making excuses when we feel guilty and bothered. 10 a.m. in the morning, I'm having breakfast in vodka. Where my head at? Ain't no telling. Long as I'm hurting and writing about it. The record selling. Sacrifices. I know it so well. You was an angel to me when I deserved hell. Inside my head, this shit is so intense. My mama going to the dock, not saying how it went. While I'm in Cali, just trying to get it to go. This the year, mama said that two Thanksgivings ago. I know this shit drive me crazy. Fighting depression daily. I'm trying to sign an Eminem, cause all these niggas shady. I miss the days when it was fun hitting the club with AJ. Had them bottles going up. Girls I admired from afar started showing love Word in my city was busy, was getting up there Couple hating niggas try to say I wasn't from there But hate and love the same thing, just different perspective I used to hit the office like I was switching electives A lot of girls you niggas love, just really my exes I'm still in love with all of them, I'm really that selfish Couple girls I used to write about when missing on me A couple married ball players and got different on me Would you prefer to have had it lost or to never had it? Everything seems so small from where I'm standing I think it's better that way anyway. I think about it change the day. It's been a minute since I, I've been feeling, I've been feeling kind of wrong. For real. It's real. It's better that way now. That's it right there. But that was my guy, Busy Crook, man. Now, oh, my God. It has been a crazy week. Now, like a topic that just jumped into my podcast list was, um, y'all know what it is. Big Birkin bag, whole five, six figures. Stripes on my ass, so he called his pussy tigger. Like, come on. The Birkin bag has taken over social media. The Birkin bag has become a thing. 
Like we've seen multiple celebrity women over the past, even men over the past couple days, cosign the Birkin as a status of showing how much you care about your girl. Let me drink some water because I'm, oh my God. Is the Birkin bag really a symbol of how much you care about your girl? Now, I think not. I think the Birkin bag is a crock of bullshit. I think the Birkin bag is like everything on social media. It's, a, it's fucking materialistic bullshit that does not, it does not for one second mean this person loves you the most. It does not mean this person really cares about you. It does not mean, oh, you know, if you get the Birkin bag, then it means you are cared about. Now, I posted something on Instagram yesterday. I said, people really, people are really turning being appreciated and cared about truly based on a bag. Anything to steer relationship qualities away from what matters most. Now, I feel like what matters most is like someone's personality. Like personality, charisma, someone's goals, someone's work ethic. Like, someone buying you a bag does not mean that person has good intentions for you because what we see most of the time, and people know, but they, they kind of pretend as if they don't see it. A lot of the times, these major expensive gifts comes after the person fucked up. It comes after the guy has cheated. And, you know, as we've seen in the situation with Cardi B, and again, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Lunchroom Chatterpod. Click the link in my bio. And there's a Patreon episode that dropped last week where, you know, I kind of spoke a little bit about Cardi B's rekindling her romance well her romance with offset now she said you know he cheated on me time after time again but he bought me a truck he bought me an expensive truck and i wanted some dick so i took him back and um when i when i well when i made that post on instagram i got a reply shout out to my girl smoochies man she said let me say my piece real quick i love purses i absolutely do but if the amount of the purse could fund a family vacation, I'd rather make memories with my family over a purse that is going to decrease in value. Clap it up. Shoot. Mm. I love when the listeners get to preaching, man. They be preaching that real shit. She said, and he can spend $25 on a purse and be the most faithful, the best man. Meanwhile, you can get an $8,000 Birkin bag Cause he's fucking 8,000 women No thank you Let me clap Ooh she preaching Now You know A lot of celebrities Especially male men You know they They haven't really spoken out And kinda Let people know that the Birkin bag is not A symbol of Being loved and cared about And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that Now in the world we live in you get called the cornball or people say, oh, you saying, you know, the Birkin bag is not important because you probably can't afford the Birkin bag. Now, those of you who watch Snowfall, my guy Franklin on Snowfall, his real name is his real name is Damson Idris. He came out and he spoke about the Birkin bag. I'm going to tell you. Well, let me play you what he said. Shout out to my guy, bro. It is. But them Birkin bags look trash. And yes, 
I can't afford it. You play it again. I don't know who needs to hear this, but them Birkin bags look trash. And yes, I can't afford it. And like, I love how at the end he said, and yes, I can't afford it. Because if you don't say that, then what is everybody going to comment under your post? Oh, you just knocking the Birkin bags because you can't afford it. Just if you can't afford it, just say that. Like, I hate that dumbass shit. Fuck the Birkin. Big Birkin bag, whole five, six figures. Stripes on my ass, so he call it pussy tigger. Fuck you in the Birkin bag, bitch. Like that, I don't see how with so much going on now, with the election about a week away, with everything going on now with Black Lives Matter and all this racist bullshit, the Birkin bag has become a thing. I mean, God damn. Sheesh, man. Let me look at my list. But Summer Walker. Again, she has announced that she is single. Now, it was very short-lived because, like, as soon as Summer Walker announced, I'm single, you know, sometimes you got to put your, you got to put yourself over other people. Like, all that fucking bullshit she always say right before she took a nigga back. Now, that same day, London on the track. Who was the guy she's with? He posted in his IG stories, that's Cap. And now for those of y'all who are old like me and don't know what that's Cap means, that means she lying. Meaning, (laughs) she ain't single. We still together. So I don't know why the fuck she got online and said she's single. But um, I want to say RIP because last night, This this happened in Philadelphia A 27 year old man He was shot dead last night Well around 3 o'clock in the afternoon now You know information right now is kind of sketchy It's not a lot to go on But in the video I believe I haven't seen the video yet Because like like with my mom being so overwhelmed Like I cannot see a video of another black man being shot dead But I was told that he had a knife and he lunged at the police and the police shot him dead and his mama was right there. So that's a tough situation, you know, especially coming off the hands of everything that went on with the Breonna Taylor situation and everything that was going on with that and how people are still trying to, you know, come to grips with the fact that we don't have justice for Breonna Taylor. Yes, her family got millions of dollars in a financial settlement, but. That's not enough when you think about the fact that these people are still free. Now, two of the jurors that were in that case, they was on Good Morning America, and they spoke to Gail King, and this is what they said. I ask you what you both think of the police uh, behavior and actions that night. Negligent. Negligent? They couldn't even provide a risk assessment, and it sounded like they hadn't done one. Um, so their organization leading up to this was lacking. That's what I mean by they were negligent in, in, in the operation. Number two? They were criminal leading up to this and everything that they, the way they moved forward on it, including the warrant, uh, was deception. Mm. ask you what you both think. That's crazy, man. Now, I've seen people comment and say, well, you know, if this is how you felt, then why didn't you convict the officers of murder? Now, another juror came out about a week or two ago, and the juror said that murder wasn't even an option they had. He said the attorney general, the only charges they were allowed 
to negotiate on as a group were the charges that the officers were found. Well, the charges that the officers, you know, were charged with, which is wanton endangerment. This juror said that that was the only charge that the attorney general even let them have to negotiate on. He said murder was not even given to them as an option. Like that's like you going to class and you taking like a, a midterm exam and like, you know how you have a, B, C, D, but the only choices you are given is a like B, C, D, like those may be the correct answers, but those answers are scratched out. So you are asked the question and the only choice they give you is a, and a, and a most likely is wrong. But then the teacher tell you, look, you cannot pick B, C, or D. I look, I understand that B, C, or D may be the, may be the correct answers, but I'm gonna need you to pick A. Like that's some bullshit, man. And like that's that's why I say like this year has been tough overall. You know, with everything going on personally, and then when you look at like the way the world is now, and like Trump has to leave. The White House, man. Like, I fully agree with um Michelle Obama when she spoke about this was um on her podcast a couple months back, which is on Spotify, where she said, you know, like she deals with depression and anxiety and you know, and things similar, especially much more now after Donald Trump stepped into the White House. I mean, like it's tough, man. This shit is fucking crazy. But um, something else I want to talk about now. I'm trying to be sensitive here because I think she has a drug problem. But Wendy Williams. Now I haven't watched this show in a while, but um, somebody sent me, somebody sent me something the other day. It was a really, really do. Let me pause Uh, that real quick. They they sent me like a video of Wendy Williams on her show, and she seemed I I don't know if she was on drugs. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But look, 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 let me now for those of you guys who have not seen this clip, I'm going to play you out a clip. Of course, you guys can't see it. So like you can't see like her eyes staring off into space, like her mouth just opened. Uh, the shit was so cringeworthy. But um, I'm going to play you out. This is um, Wendy Williams. I guess she going through something. I don't know if she relapsed because she's been open before about, you know, her past drug abuse. Let me play you out this shit. This is concerning as a Wendy fan. Forget him. Hit it again. Forget him. Forget him. No. I feel like I got to do my foot like. This is concerning. Like, that's the wrong clip. But this is what she said after the fact. I love you for watching because I really, really do. Uh, you know, I come here every day and I try to do the best that I can for you. Um, I appreciate you watching. Um, but it's, you know, even after all of these years, it's still work, you know, an effort put in for the hour that I'm out here with you, you know? I guess every day is not perfect, but I'm not a perfectionist. I'm, I'm not perfect. But I do appreciate you putting in the effort to watch us. And I... I love entertaining you, you know? And it's, it's not easy. 
Now I'm gonna say right now, like she gotta take a break. It's like when you go on your show now, Wendy is not, you know, uh, a Z-list person. Like her show does well. She has a lot of fans. She has people who actually tune in to hear what she has to say and because they care about her. And those, and again, this is what I'm saying. You know, when I start this episode, like the people who are quote unquote, the strong people, the people, you know, who are the money makers, like who do they go to? Because I'm sure Wendy Williams, you know, financially supports a lot of people within her circle and people, you know, whose lives and families' lives depends on her being healthy and on her actually going to her show every day. But it has to, it has to, you know, reach a point where Wendy Williams is put first. Even if she does not want to sit down, someone needs to come along and say, look, Wendy, sit your ass down. Like, you are not okay right now. Now, her former DJ on her show, DJ Booth, he responded. Now, there was a fan on Instagram who said, Wendy, you need to stop your show and seriously get help. Your camp is just watching you spiral instead of sending help. Shame on them. I'll be, boycott- I'll be boycotting the show until you get checked into rehab. Drugs will kill you. Please get help. Now, someone replied to that and said, she don't listen to them. Probably why DJ Booth left the show. Now, DJ Booth, you know, if you guys are not familiar, that was her former DJ on the show. Now, he responded. He said, exactly. And it will all come out. Y'all have no idea what really goes on. And everyone there is afraid to speak up because they don't want to lose their jobs. This is going to play out bad. I feel sorry for the workers and the victims. Have a blessed day. Now, again, like it's always a tough situation in regards to that because we've seen it many times before with even people like Whitney. You know, R.I.P. to Whitney Houston and um, her daughter as well. But it's like when someone has a certain status and they're in like they reach a level where they are so powerful to where like working with them is feeding your family. It's it's paying the rent for you. It's, it's helping you live a life that you normally would not be able to live if you don't work for that person. So the fact that. I mean, the person who commented is correct. A lot of people are spiral, are watching her spiral because they have to. Now, I'm not saying it's right, but like Wendy Williams sitting down does not benefit them because if she sits down, yes, she is still rich. But the person who is watching her spiral, you know, their job may be in jeopardy. Like the people who work on the Wendy Williams show, like, can you imagine if Wendy comes out tomorrow and say, you know what? I'm going to take a year off from the Wendy Williams show. Now, everybody who works on that show every day, they lose a job until Wendy decides to come back. Now, Wendy is still rich. But those who work for her, their lives are going to suffer. And that's always, it's always a tough situation. And it just makes it difficult, man. But, um, Like, I know I came on here before and I kind of, you know, I joked about Wendy Williams and stuff like that. But, like, I really feel for her, man. Now, I know sometimes, like, she's not the, she's not nobody's favorite because of, like, the the shit she says. And 
she does bash people a lot, but I'm never going to knock someone when they're going through something or knock someone when it seems as if they need help to just, just to continue living. Well, we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to dive into some more shit. This is Johnny Schultz, Lunchroom Chatter Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we back, man. But something I wanted to touch on real quick now. Mike Tyson has a podcast, man. And I'm on his podcast, he had um Lil Boozy on there. Now, for those of y'all, I'm pretty sure you guys know, last year Lil Boozy had some very interesting comments about Zaya Wade. Now, Zaya Wade is the daughter of NBA Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade. Now, I'm going to try to be as... Correct as possible here now. Zaya Wade was born a male. But Zaya Wade now goes as a woman. So when people speak about her, they say that's Dwayne Wade's daughter. And last year, Lil Boozy made some comments about the fact that, you know, 13 or 14 was too young to be able to change your sex because... Or even have surgery because you may change your mind. Now, it's always sensitive for me because, like I said, I support the gay community. But I believe that, and I've said this on here many times before, I believe that people know that they are gay or that they were, quote unquote, born into the wrong sex or the wrong body from a young age. But this is what um, went down on Mike Tyson's podcast where he had a little boozy on there and he asked him about the comments he made about Zaya Wade. About um person that, you, uh, that might be a homosexual. Why do you say that about them? Do you feel the possibility that you're a homosexual and you by disrespect them, you further yourself from being a homosexual or thinking you may like homosexuals? Nah, nah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm straight as an arrow. I'm just saying, you know. I'm not I saying did, you are, but why I, I do really, you have, really, if I, you're straight, why do you, I really, I really, I really, I really commented on on, on the Dwayne Wade situation yeah. because I got offended because because it's a child, you know. That's why I, I really got offended, you know. And uh, that's why I really said if it was a, if it was a nineteen year old, eighteen year old grown person, I, I probably wouldn't. I know I wouldn't have said nothing. Why did you? But say I the felt child? like he. I felt like. You know, I'm just saying, hey, you know, I'm not judging you. Yeah. Don't ever think I'm here judging you. I'm just trying to understand you. Yeah. You know, and I, and I got some demons. You ain't in my world when it comes to demons. Yeah. Say things about. Hey, but yes, tell me why. It was just like you know. I just felt like you know that's a child. I felt like a child ain't 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 ain't, ain't at twelve can't make that decision. I I felt like I felt like that's just how I felt. You know, and uh, and certain things I talk about on like that, I just felt like, I just felt like that that was going too far. You know, you Dick, you man. like, you, I agree with you. You know, listen. you calling you calling him a hurt. You know, like that that that's just going too far. Hey, but yes, tell me. Now, I spoke about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast where I started watching I Am Jazz. Now I believe I Am Jazz has about six seasons. Now, I started a couple weeks ago on season one. <laughs> I am now on season four of I Am Jazz. I believe it comes on E, I believe, or TLC. One, I, No, it comes on TLC. Now, like, it's very eye-opening for me. Because, like, 
when I'm kind of unsure about things, I like to do my research. I like to take the time to actually try to understand, you know, other people's point of views. Now, now jazz is, um, a transgender woman. So she goes as a woman, but jazz was born a male. Now, at the age of about four to five years old, Jazz came out and, you know, was kind of already dressing like a female. But the mom said that at at about the age of three or four years old, Jazz used to ask her mom, like, why am I in this body? Like, I'm a girl. Like, why do I have to wear boy clothes? I am a girl. Why do I have to, you know, pee standing up? And this was when Jazz was about four years old. And again, I told you guys before, when, you know, when I used to work in the school district, I've met kindergartners, like first, second grade boys who have hit on me. So I believe that like a child knows if they are gay, a child knows if they are transgender from a young age. Now, it's different with males because like women like women tend to flip flop back and forth. But for men, I believe if a, if a man is gay, then he knows he's gay. Now he may, you know, like women as well and might try to flip flop back and forth depending on who he's trying to please or if he feels as if he has to flip flop to fit in. But I have no issue with Zaiway being 13 or 14, however old she was in deciding you know, to go as a female, to now become a woman, to dress as a woman. Now, Boozy said, that's a, that's a child, you know, but that's not your child. And I think that's the point Mike was trying to get across that. Yes, it's a child, but that's not your child. Like, I understand you have an opinion. You have a point of view on Zaya Wade. But again, that is not your child. But away from that, Lisa Ray, at 53 years old, has decided to make an OnlyFans account. Now, I want to find you guys what she said because she released like a little, I don't want to say a trailer, but she was speaking about, I guess, why she decided to start an OnlyFans account. Now, with everything that has, that has been going on this past year with the, um, the whole coronavirus situation, like so many of our favorite celebrities... They don't have no way to make money in terms of, you know, concerts, like albums have seen a decrease. So it's not as many albums coming out right now. Like, damn, they, they really going to vacuum near my fucking door? God, but I hope you guys can still hear me, man. They, this motherfucker out here blowing this fucking, this shit near my door, man. But um, what was I speaking about? Oh, Lisa Ray. So she came out. I'm trying to find. I, I want to see how much she charged. I think she was charging 20 a month for OnlyFans. But let me play you guys what she said. This is what she said in regards to her starting her OnlyFans account. Let me go to the IG. Well, I do everyday life. Every day. But what am I doing it for? Just to post it? Yes. The fans want to know. You need an OnlyFans. Girl, well, you, you know what? I actually could really get with that. 
Because I promise you, when I post on Instagram, by the time I scroll through all the haters and the negative people and the naysayers and the folks that got some kind of negative opinion or whatever, it makes me exhausted. So then it's like, you know what, let me just post what I need to post. But I think you got an idea there because I got all this content and all this little like little special stuff and behind the scenes stuff that I want to do but it makes me feel like I don't want to put it on Instagram because it's like they gonna all have something to say so if I can have a place that only my people come to only my fans only my likes only my members only my people that mess with me you know what I could do an OnlyFans page and we could put everything on there but like I said, I support her. And Meek Mill came out was like, hey, is Lisa Ray doing a VIP OnlyFans? Now, I, I'm right there. I said, man, shit. I asked the same thing. Now, again, I'm probably not going to pay for her OnlyFans because, you know, I just, I don't like wasting my money on that bullshit. But Lisa Ray, fine. Like, we all know Lisa Ray from back, especially the Players Club. The Players Club was probably her biggest movie it was massive, but Lisa Ray, ooh, like all these years later, she is still fine as hell, bruh. Like, have you guys seen Lisa Ray now? Like, now I know people say black don't crack. Like, black don't crack, to me, that's a myth because people always say black don't crack on celebrities who take care of themselves. Now, the ones who let themselves go, who, I, I'm not going to name them, but so many celebs let themselves go and they look tore the fuck up like black celebs. But this is what Lisa Ray said in response to Meek Mill inquiring about, do she have a VIP only fans account? Because, you know, she look good, good. I saw Meek Mill responded to your only fans announcement. Do they I have VIP that. prices? He wants you. He sees you. He, he, he wants you. Selena, he said he's in Atlanta. <laughs> tell him I'm here and uh, tell him to pull through. Come through my birthday. Oh, he can, he can pull through with the vault any day. Okay. <laughs> 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 she would you would you go on a date with Meek Mill, Lisa Ray? How old is me? It don't hey, matter. Girl. We uh girl, I think he at least 35. He, he, he's, <laughs> he's in his mid-30s. And you know what? Now, Lisa Ray, if Meek Mill decides to not really entertain what you said, trust me, I'll come through. I am in Atlanta. I think, now, nah, Lisa Ray, Meek Mill, he live in Philly. Fuck Meek Mill. Lisa, let me speak to you for a second, baby. Now, like, Lisa Ray, that's like an old cougar. Like, she's 53. Like, that's like a vintage, as Charlemagne says, that is vintage vagina. Now, I'm trying to think, like, me being a young man who is 31 years old, like, how do I go about even trying to like, how do you approach a woman in her 50s? A woman who has seen it all. Now, she's seen money. I'm sure she still has some coins. So, like, how do I even go about approaching a woman who is 50 years old? Let me try and spit my shit real quick. So, I'm in Target, right? I see Lisa Ray walking around. You know, she looking fine. She buying her... You know, her old sequin, elegant, leather, you know, pajama set. I don't know what the fuck old woman wear. Again, matter of fact, she not old. She 50. She is in her prime. So I see Lisa Ray. Like, I can't approach her on no ghetto shit. Hey, Lisa Ray, you looking good, that ass fat. 
Ew, move, bitch, move. Like, that's the response I'll get. Because, like, that's like, like, that's like young woman shit. Excuse me, Marta, that ass fat. I can't say that to Lisa Ray. She too, like, she's a seasoned woman. I got to say some elegant shit like, hey, Lisa Ray, how you doing? You know, I seen you from across the store, and, you know, you was looking so good. So she'll probably say, yeah, okay, so what you want to say? Because, like, middle-aged women, like, they get straight to the shit. They don't care about the side talk. What you want, nigga? What you want? So she'll probably, she'll probably fuck up my whole game. But I'll say some shit like, you know, growing up, I see, nah, damn, I already fucked up. Like, you can't idolize her like that. Because, like, she get that shit every day. So if I said, you know, growing up, when I used to see you on TV, like, I'm, a, I'm coming off as a fan Instead of a real man So damn I already fucked up Like I guess I gotta be in the moment To kind of really understand And Find the right words To approach Lisa Ray But someone who had No trouble Finding the right words NBA All star Former NBA player Zach Randolph He tweeted a couple weeks ago I married a hoe Now Him and his wife They were estranged So I'm sure they had shit going on you know, like that we don't know about, like shit that the internet does not know about. But she filed for divorce a couple days ago now. I guess my question to you guys, and you guys can um, reply on my Instagram at Lunchroom Chatterpod, like, if you are in a relationship, whether married or just dating someone, if your spouse tweets some shit like that, so, like, if you if you got a man and your man tweet or post, I don't know why I decided to date a hoe. Like, can you guys come back from that? Because me being a man, like, if if um if a female says or tweets about me and say, I don't know why I decided to date this bitch. Like, sis, like in my mind, we over. Like, once you put that out to the world and kind of let it be, well, not kind of, but once you let it be known, this is what you think about me. Like, you can't really come back from that. I feel like his wife had no choice but to divorce him. Now, they could have worked, the, they could still work it out, but like, how do you come back from that? Like, how can you be seen out with the man who tweeted about you and said, I married a hoe? Now, People say things in the heat of the moment, but for someone to tweet that shit about you and someone who you married. Now, I'm sure these people, they were on the rocks. The shit was rocky. They probably been drifting separate ways for a long time, but it's no comeback from that. But um, I want to speak to you guys about some shit real quick. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. But look, now, the other week I was listening to a podcast, um, Brand new podcast on the Joe Budden Network called See The Thing Is. And they had a very, very interesting discussion that I want to play you guys. It was about something I spoke about on here before many times. About women who run to social media in detail every aspect of their relationship. Like I've told you guys many times before that I think that is such a terrible idea. So to hear a woman speak about it and give reasons as to why it's a bad idea, some of the same shit I said as a man, but I feel it is different coming from a woman. 
So I want to play you guys what they said. This is from C. The thing is. I had to learn not to do that and communicate better mm -hmm. with my partner mm -hmm. because letting everybody inside of your relationship is a terrible idea. idea. Yeah, and I think I think it goes both ways, right? Like I think in some scenarios, men women women end up taking men back, men end up taking women back and they do it because they feel guilty and everybody's the pressure from the outside and their thoughts are not their own, their feelings are not their own in the situation or they leave. I've watched I've seen scenarios where soulmates don't work out and don't stay together because a woman said too much but she can't now she, her whole entire family has demonized this man and she can't be right. with him so now mm. now the relationship is over because she opened her mouth and, and shared too they much information and that's about the thing that makes the toxic the the they talking that real shit brought around. the right. friends don't want them brought right. around it's like keep them away so it almost ostracizes even you can't really enjoy your relationship because you've let so, so many people mm. inside of your relationship yeah. and I think that Cardi unfortunately has done that with, with Offset we know she was fighting bitches she got court dates now, like that's what I be saying like when you let so many people into your relationship then it's like once you take that person back after rushing online and detailing all of this person's flaws now you look stupid and now people look at you a certain kind of way because you came online and you said you know what i chose a bad guy he ain't shit he's stupid all he does is cheat he makes me feel bad he brings down my self-esteem you know he alienates me but then you take this person back and now you rush online and and post all these heart emojis oh my man is the best ever really so you you like you really want us to believe that that this per yo how many times they gonna come with this fucking vacuum? So you really want us to believe that this person is the best person in the world to you after you came online and let us know you know how bad this person is? That shit crazy, man. But um, let me see what else I got on my list. Yeah, Slim Thug is still trying to holler at Meg The Stallion, man. This motherfucker been trying to get Meg Thee Stallion's attention for at least over a year now. Now, do I think Meg, now I'm not judging, but do I think Slim Thug is trying to have a serious relationship with um with Meg Thee Stallion? Nah. He see them hips, he see them titties, he see that ass, and he want to beat. But, you know, I mean, I can't knock him for trying because... Like they say, you miss 100%, well, 100% of the shots you don't take. So it's hard for me to even, I can't knock Slim Thugger, man, for coming online and trying to get his woman or coming online and trying to get that ass. But um, she posted a picture that says, trying on my new Savage, my new Savage Fenty outfit in my Instagram story. And Slim Thug commented and said, come your fine ass home. He left three heart emojis to let her know. Look, come home, baby. I want to beat that ass up. But um, before I end this podcast, man, I want to let you guys know, like, I really, really appreciate you guys who, you know, who tune in weekly. Like, I've had so many listeners and, you know, and just people who step into the lunchroom like after the podcast started, like I've had people catch on to the podcast over the summer, you know, with the whole COVID quarantine situation. Like I had one person tell me, yeah, you know, I started at like episode 55 and I listened all the way back down to episode one. 
like to listen back all the way to episode one and then let me know, oh yeah, you know, on episode five, I'm like, damn. Cause like some of like those news stories and those topics may be kind of dated if you go back now. So for someone to actually, someone who I don't know, to actually listen all the way back and said, you know what? I'm bored as shit. I'm quarantined from my job. I don't have nothing to do. So I was just staying home, binging TV, working out, and listening to your podcast. Like I said, a podcast for me is therapy, man. Like to come online and be able to talk to you guys weekly about what's going on, about my thoughts, about what's going on in the real world, on social media, even you guys live. You know, when you guys send me voicemails and I and I, I can reply to it. Like it means the world. Like I said, um, I didn't think I was even going to get to episode 10. Like people tried to get me to not start the podcast. Don't start the podcast. You know, ain't nobody going to tune in. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like people like with no dreams and no goals. Like they always try to find a way to like discourage you from starting something. But I'm so glad I did it. Well, I'm so glad I did it. And it means a lot that you guys made it to episode 50 with me. So let me give you guys a hand clap real quick, man. Now, this is probably going to be the probably one of the only times where I play two songs on a podcast. But um, I'm going back to my guy, Busy Crook. I want to end this podcast so far playing a song by my guy, Busy Crook, called Truth Hurts. Like I said, man, this week, this month, this whole year has been tough. Like, my mind has been overwhelmed to where, I, like, I keep having to find positive things to do or to engage myself in so I can wake up in, like, a happy space. So, you know, much love to my son because, like, my son helped me so much in regards to, you know, being able to laugh and joke and just be in a good place to where I can be a good dad and also a good person. But I want to end this podcast off by playing a song. This is my guy, Busy Crook. This is Truth Hurts. Thoughts in my apartment. This thing called love could be exhausting. I found too much comfort in darkness. I'm talking from the heart, but you're heartless, so I'm sipping, trying to get my mind off this to find myself in the pussy that I was lost in. Disagreeing with both sides of my conscience, like, do I want this? Nah, fuck it, I'm off this, so I hit the hotel bar and get a glass of whiskey as I vent into the stranger sitting next to me. The good shit I messed up, starting to mess with me. The shit I got away with, starting to get to me. I'm on some Kirko shit, me being perfect, that's a lie I gotta keep up with. My girl thinks that I'm an angel, my team is no stranger. She admires the girl that I sneak out with. In my music, I talk about other women there. Affairs I be having like she ain't listening. I say it's just words when she ask about it. She believes my lies and we laugh about it. Damn. I'm hurting on myself, the love you deserve, I'm searching for myself How could I give it to you if I ain't got it for me? Girl, this isn't just a verse, I'm crying out for help But I tell her these are only words As I'm riding through the city with a friend of hers Trying to find better words I don't know what to tell you cause the truth hurts
with one of my best friends and I'ma kill him for fucking up my money. Was I wrong for it? Or maybe my friends ain't really friends and they just know where I'm going so they string along for it. Uh. I'm tired of ringing alarms. I'm tired of hearing this from people I help put on. How quickly they forget really fucks with my heart. That shit just really tears me apart. Betrayal is something I don't forgive, yet I let them back in for them to backstab me again. And if I die before I turn this album in, all I ask is get my kid publishing. Look, I'm just trying to find what I lost. Suicide bomber trying to die for a cost. Nothing lasts forever, that's hard to ignore. I love her, but I can't stay around for divorce. Cause when the truth comes out, I don't wanna see you move out. Cause when the love's all gone and depression is on and the voodoo's gone wrong, what do you do now? Look, I'm the modern day Van Gogh. I made a pregnant woman cry, call it sorrow. Looking in the sky now, all I see is crows. My self-portrait is in the music I wrote. Two years since me and my best friend spoke. I call him yesterday, I heard nothing back though. I'm not saying that I'm not an asshole. It's hard for me to let the past go. I'm hanging on a tight rope. Carolina's gone, I'm still suicide though. What goes to show wasn't her, it was me. Before I jump, I need y'all to see. Before I jump, I leave these words behind. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for riding with me. Episode 50. Appreciate it. Love you guys, man. Stay safe.